Have you ever traveled to a new body of water and wish you had a little bit of inside information from the locals or guides that fish that? Well, now there's an option to do that. This week on the OneCast, we're joined by Austin, the dream catcher, and one of his partners, Adam, to talk about how fish tips started and how you can buy tips to be successful on the water. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, It's a toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow, feel like it's going to be a bad day. What is going on, OneCast fans? Welcome to another week with the OneCast, another episode, whatever you want to call it. Uh, we're here in studio. I have Ben and Trey. I'm Pete, as always. Uh, we're here in studio this week, record another episode. I'm going to say it another time, probably. Just kidding. Uh, <laughs> as always, we're going to start off with that shameless plug. Make sure you head to OneCastFishing.com. Uh, use the code the one cast all one word at checkout save 10 percent uh, get hooked up with your snagless jigs your long neck hooks your weedless neds uh, also coming soon we're gonna have some soft plastics uh, available on there so yeah we're, go uh, we're, we're gonna bring back the uh, original lineup of soft plastics and probably a couple other uh, other designs as well so but the, so but the soft plastics that you're bringing back are going to pair perfectly with those snagless jigs and with those long neck hooks and with those weedless nets. So there's no question as to what soft plastic you need to use when you're exposing that soft plastic on the back of those hooks. Absolutely. And as, as we've been doing for the last few weeks, I want to talk about, uh, you know, an event that's going on, uh, Lake Murray down there in South Carolina, uh, Forest Glories Outdoors, putting on the second annual Guardian Classic, uh, which is a veteran bass fishing tournament. Uh, I'll have everything linked down below for you to check out. Uh, $125 entry fee. They pair you with a veteran. If you have a, a direct family member, dad, daughter, son, brother that is serving, uh, you can register so that you can fish together. You just have to reach out to uh, For His Glory and let them know. Uh, Bobby Edwards is the guy's name. All the information will be linked below. Reach out to them if you can fish. That's going to be a great event. Uh, get veterans on the water. Uh, help, uh, help thank them. Just another way for for the sacrifices they've made for our freedoms. Uh, guys, we all got. Man, I'm going to tell you what, well, this is going to be a relatively quicker episode than all the listeners are typically used to. A, it's 9,000 degrees in here. And, and B, we want to give these guys an opportunity to kind of break down what they got going on. You know, there's a lot of animosity on social media about different things that are coming with it, into the industry. Um, you know, and sometimes those counter like growing the industry and we talk about growing the industry one cast at a time. Well, Hey, that's the beauty of having the freedom to do this stuff is like creating these cool businesses and stuff like that. So, you know, for what it's worth, uh, I think it's a cool idea. I'm sure that there's going to be some conflicts and stuff like that, but, uh, I'm, I'm interested to see what these guys got to say, Ben. I a hundred percent agree. You know, we talked about fish tips a couple of weeks ago in the episode. I, I think Pete was reserving judgment, but you and I try, I think came down on the same conclusion. Like it's another way for guys to be able to monetize and make money in the industry, particularly guides, tournament anglers, you know, selling the information from a tournament or their body of water. It allows them to, you know, put a little extra money, maybe pay the next tournament fee, pay the gas to get there, et cetera. Um, of course, there's been a lot of controversy uh, in the social media realm, mm -hmm. and I think we understand that because uh, people, you know, are going to jump to bad conclusions. People are just going to cheat and take information. Uh, so it's going to be great having um, both um, Awesome and Adam on here to talk about it, how it started, fish tip started, what the intent is behind it, and I think we've got a lot of questions we want to get into in the details a little bit to understand a, a little bit more. Absolutely. Absolutely. And la last thing before we go, 
Uh, we have some new artwork. I'm going to take the plexiglass off these because I see the reflections very bad, so I can't <laughs> see them. We'll fix that for next week. Check out our socials. I have posts with those those photos on there. Uh, our friend Jeff Christensen, who also designed our logo, uh, painted these photos. Uh, we have one with a crop here, which was featured uh, two years ago. Uh, it was the cover of the NC Wildlife uh, calendar. This one is a bass in a river. I think it's got a uh, yeah, it's got a worm in its mouth jumping. It's a beautiful picture. Uh, that one's going to be featured in the calendar uh, this year, uh, so 2024 coming out soon. Uh, make sure you check him out. Kingfisher Designs is his company. It'll all be linked down below. I'll do a better blurb on him uh, when we're not uh, wasting time of our guests. Not that talking about him is a waste of time, but I want to record and make sure I do Jeff justice. So uh, check that out. Check out the links below. And if you guys don't have anything else, we'll Let's bring, bring, them on. bring them on. Let's bring them on. Let's do it. What so, Austin, you guys, if y'all have it down, man. The intro is amazing. <laughs> we appreciate that. You know, we have to run it about 67 times. No, I'm just kidding. It, you know, dude, uh, honestly, at the at the very beginning of this, like you can imagine, I mean, we had to clear our throats and, you know, uh, stop recording and do it over and over and over. But, you know, it's muscle memory. So once you get into the groove, you're kind of good to go at this point. Yeah, yeah. we're going on. I actually, go okay. ahead, Pete. No, I was going to say, we're going on, I think this is 28 or 29 weeks, yeah. something like that, right? 20, 28 episodes. Yeah. I went back the other day just to listen to like the first one, and it is rough to listen to. Cringe. Cringe. That anybody yeah. downloaded those first couple episodes, I thank them. But it's 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 pretty cool to to grow and kind of get better every week and, and grow our following and sort of look what you guys have going on. You know, you're getting out there, you're getting – getting your company out there and getting fish tips, you know, the name out there. And uh, I know you've done a bunch of these podcasts and you've done Facebook lives and all of that stuff to try to, uh, to try to cool the temperature, I guess is, is one way to put that because when it first came out, uh, I think everybody made a video with their opinion without really knowing what it was. Um, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so speaking absolutely. of, speaking of cooling the temperature, um, let's put some context behind what we're going to talk about today and and for either of you guys if you want to break it down what are we talking about yeah so fish tips is a marketplace online where highly dialed in local anglers guides professional fishermen uh can monetize their intellectual property by selling to other anglers on the platform so it's a marketplace no different than Airbnb, like Uber, Uber Eats, Toro, you name marketplaces. Uh, it's a marketplace just like that, where we are connecting buyers and sellers that both want something. So Fish Tips is that in the fishing industry. And like you said, it's like been a boiling pot and everyone's got opinions about it, but uh, it has been a fun ride thus far for sure. Yeah, and I'd say that in general, the overall theme of what we're, we're talking about is how to make better memories on the water for anglers and how to financially support the people in the industry that are working hard to help anglers do that. I, I, I think that's a great way to yeah. put it. And I think we need to apologize because we just stopped. We just jumped in here. I don't think we introduced everybody yet or, or, <laughs> or allowed Austin and Adam to introduce themselves to, to the to the listeners out there. So if you guys want to do that and then and then we can get into how fish tips came about. But kind of your background, um, whether you know you enjoy fishing as a hobby or it's it's what you do for a living, just just kind of give everyone a, 
an idea of of you all as the founders and, and background behind Fish Tips? Adam, you go first. All right. Um, Adam Williamson grew up in Birmingham, Alabama, went to the University of Alabama. Don't hold that against me. Um, uh, moved to Atlanta in about 2000. And I've, I've probably always had some sort of startup since I can remember, whether it was in high school washing cars and college making t-shirts for bars and restaurants and fraternities, and then all sorts of other stuff out of college. Um, and then my my longest business, the one I'm still a part of, is called Payrock. It's a payments company. Uh, I'm in the been in the credit card processing business for about 20 years now. We started that company out. We bootstrapped it out of a, a my business partner my business partner's basement. Didn't start with any money and started knocking on doors and and grew up one customer at a time. Uh, we were able to grow into different grow into different cities and, and acquire different technologies and sell them in. So whether it was a point of sale equipment at a restaurant, a bar or online registration form for a camp, whatever it was, we were able to do all sorts of different kinds of credit card processing for different customers out there. Uh, and today that company is now 20 years old. We've got eight or 900 employees across the globe and about 150,000 different customers out there. Awesome. Uh, so, so that's kind of the business background. And then let's talk about fishing because that's the fun stuff. I've, yeah, I've been fishing my whole life. Um, my grandfather handed me a fly rod on his little lake up near him in Kansas City. And we would use poppers and catch bass when I was probably I was probably six or seven years old. And I've been fishing ever since, um, whether it's bass or I love saltwater now. I've done I've been chasing tarpon a lot. I just got back from Cuba where a guy on our trip got the Grand Slam in a day but awesome. you know we were chasing permit and tarpon and i love bone fishing down in the bahamas and i love bass fishing i love going out west and trout fishing especially um you know we'll get into a minute that's how i met austin up in the western north carolina part but i've i've belly crawled almost every stream in north georgia and western north carolina with a three-weight rod catching little brookies and stuff before and uh and i guess i'll probably pause the story there austin before we get into the story we can come yeah. back with that you go ahead and just do an intro maybe but, and then we'll jump into hang, hang on adam i feel like i'm dressed for the occasion to be down in the bahamas and chasing yes. whatever it is All right. you are so, for sure for for those who can't see me i got my hawaiian shirt on and i feel like adam has just invited me to go down and chase some crazy saltwater fish. So I don't want to interrupt. So without we got to work on the, that sock tan of yours. We're not going to wear any shoes. So there won't be a sock tan. Yeah. And, no. and, and just Trey's got the Hawaiian shirt on, but I do have a Puerto Rico shirt on. <laughs> yeah, so that's right. We, we can go out there too. We're international. Baby. Down there. <laughs> yeah. I went last year and, um, I know this is a tangent. We didn't we didn't do saltwater fishing, but it went on a, a guided trip for for peacock bass down there. So that oh. that was a lot of fun. That is so in, so in Puerto Rico. In Puerto Rico, yep. Oh wow! Okay. So we have we, we got Adam. Adam, I guess we could classify Adam as a buyer, and and then yeah. we have Austin, uh, the dream catcher uh, who's been guiding for a long time. We're gonna let him tell a story, but you know, I guess we could call you a seller. So from your you know from from your side, introduce yourself and. And uh, yeah, absolutely. So, so I was a pretty good baseball player. Uh, 
to all through my youth career, I was a Maryland Gatorade player of the year. It's awarded to the best uh, high school player of that specific sport my senior year in high school. But I was just always competitive, always loved the outdoors. I was raised on Lake Wiley in South Carolina. Then we moved to Maryland. I, I grew up on the Chesapeake Bay. And I had this just inherent desire for competition. And then dad had started a junior Bassmaster Club called the Junior Performance Fishing Team, um, of which there's been just some unbelievable anglers, college national champions, elite series anglers, BPT got like just tons of guys come out of that club. And uh, anyways, I went to Western Carolina on a baseball scholarship. I ended up getting hurt my senior or uh, my sophomore year at Western, ended my career, doubling the gap against Wake Forest. And then uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. I loved to fish. And uh, my my high school baseball coach, he had told me something, though. He had said, go to a place you're going to love in case you got hurt. Well, I got hurt and I fell in love with the mountains because there was so many rivers and lakes and everything. Well, little did I know there was a DVD called the Southern Trout Eaters. These guys were filming North Georgia, Western North Carolina, East Tennessee, upstate South Carolina, throwing these big trout swim baits. Well, I was like, holy cow, they just packed up shop. They made the video and left. And I'm like, I started doing some market research and I was like, holy cow, like there's over 5,000 vacation rentals on lakes alone. So like they left this giant hole in the market for a fishing guide service. So I started Dreamcatcher Guides uh, literally 2013 while I was a sophomore in college. And then it grew rapidly. And then all of a sudden I'm like, holy cow, I need to start a tackle shop because I'm buying so much tackle. I'm looking at my expenses and I'm an entrepreneur just like Adam is. Uh, you know, I, I love fishing, though. I'm like I'm like a fishing bum that is like figured out how to make a living fishing. And we have a great business. We do uh, about 400 guide trips a year. We do about a million dollars a year in revenue. Uh, I've got three full time employees. They guide rig boats, the whole shebang. So, you know, it's a it's a really good deal. And uh, I absolutely love it. I mean, when I think about my life, like I fished in the Junior Bassmaster Classic at age 13. My boater was Boyd Duckett, another very polarizing entrepreneur in this industry. Um, you know, Eric Galasso, Epic Eric, who I don't know if you guys would know him through Instagram or anything. He's one of my business mentors, fishing mentors. So I've always been surrounded by entrepreneurs, people who love to fish. And I'm like, I I everyone when they retire, they want to fish. So I'm like, well, screw that. How do I figure out how to retire when I'm 19? You know, yeah. let me figure out how to fish for a living. So I start dream catchers and uh, it takes off like crazy and I'm doing a ton of trips. And then literally, man, I mean, we guide on Lake Chattoog, Lake James, Joe Cassie, Lake Kiwi, you know, t- a lot of tournament lakes, a lot of lakes that have vacation rentals. And uh, this is where we'll transition into fish tips. Man, my phone would get, I mean, literally, guys, today I screenshotted them. I don't know if you guys follow Dreamcatchers Fishing, which is my guide business and stuff, but I screenshot them and sometimes post like, this is ridiculous. So many people hit me up. Hey, man, I'm coming into town. Where do I go? What do I throw? And I'm like, hey, do you want a guide service? No. Do you want to come by my tackle shop? Don't have the time. And I'm like, all right. So there's these people that value my information, um, but they want it for free and they don't understand that I have so much time and money just behind all of, I mean, I'm a professional guys. I'm a professional guide. I, it's what I do for a living. It's how I put food on the table. A doctor can't do a surgery for free. I can't just give my information for free. And uh, anyways, I had taken Adam and Strickland or I had taken Strickland out and then I went out with Adam and Strickland and we ended Strickland's up last my, Strickland's my 13 yeah. year old son. Yeah. <laughs> so, so 
we we end up blasting, you know, a couple four and a half, five pound largemouth, a couple four pound smallmouth. And Adam's super pumped up. And he's like, he's like, hey man, I want to go again in a couple weeks. And I'm like, dude, I'm booked up for like four months. Like, I'm booked up till the rapture, bro. You ain't you're not getting on. <laughs> and uh, he goes, he goes, Well, dude, 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 I have my own boat. And uh, I was like, oh, cool. Like, I've been thinking of like, how do I monetize these people that are constantly beating me up for information? So anyways, Adam said, hey, how about I pay you like it was a guide trip, but you just kind of sell me the information. So he said, minus your expenses, you know, your and your fuel. And he said, sell me a tip. So I sold Adam a tip for two hundred dollars. And Adam went out, you know, and it's very in-depth. It was like, hey, if the conditions are this, the fish are going to do this. If the conditions, if the wind blows from here, the fish are going to set up like this. And it was very educational and very fruitful because Adam went out and hammered him, texted me, was like, dude, that was really cool. And the light bulb went off. I mean, at the same time, we were like, whoa, I think we've got something. And uh, I don't know, Adam, you want to add on? Yeah. Yeah, that was, that's, that's how it happened. We, uh, you know, I, I, I keep up with all these guides, you know, you, you do the dance with these guides throughout the year. You, you, you book a trip, you know, as the year goes on, you'll send them pics or whatever, or keep them laughing on, tell them some jokes. And cause you know what you're doing as a buyer, right? You know, that come the next trip, you want to hit up that guide and say, Hey, I'm heading up there next week you know, where do I go? And, and, and what, what are they biting on? And, and give me all the details. And, and you can't really, there's no in between. It's like either I got to book a guide service. I mean, a full day guided trip, which I do a lot, but the guide's not always available. Um, You know, and, and, and I don't have all the time in the world to, to spend, you know, hours and hours on online to research everything or, you know, or, or to go pre-fish a body of water. So the idea is kind of roaming around in my head like, hey, there just needs to be a platform where I can just pay somebody for what's in their head. They don't have to spend the money on the boats and the fuel and the service and the marketing on ad clicks to get the customer to come to them in the first place. Like, just break it down. There's got to be a dollar amount because you're already giving it to me on the on the trip anyway. I'm already in your mm-hmm. boat. You're teaching me everything on the boat anyway. You're showing me the spots. You're, you're showing me the knots, you're showing me the lures, you're talking to me about water clarity and clouds and everything anyway. So I'm kind of floating the idea around in my head. I do the dance with the guides. I feel a little guilty because I'm like, in my head, I'm like, well, I'd, I'd pay somebody 50 or a couple hundred bucks, to pit, especially depending on the body of water and the species. I, we haven't even broached saltwater yet. Mm. Uh, this just has kind of exploded with bass, uh, which is about 70% of the marketplace anyway. But but regardless of how much people will pay, it's like, hey, look, it's a little awkward. I'd pay you. And then the Austin, the guy, the, the gods of the world are like, yeah, it's a little awkward in their mind because they're like, you know, I, I want to make sure you come to me again when you're ready to book a full trip or come into my bass store, or my fly fishing shop. I don't want that to be weird. So there's this like awkward arm's length transaction that's trying to take place, but there's not a comfortable place. There's not yeah. an environment. There's not a platform. There's not a marketplace where a network effect can, can, can begin to happen where it's just common, right? Just like an Airbnb, there's not a common place for you to rent a room out, but as soon as they created it, you know, um, now it's pretty normal anyway. Mm-hmm. So that was kind of that moment that Austin's talking about that moment happened between us. I was like, man, this has got to be, this needs to be an online app, a marketplace. 
And he's like, I've been thinking about the same exact thing. This is exactly what you and me just dealt with. I'm like, I know you and me just dealt with the same exact thing. Uh, and that was kind of the genesis of the idea. And, and Austin, as you can tell, has got amazing energy and he's a great guy and, and he's got this entrepreneurial degree and he's, he's a leader at his church and he's, he's, he's an entrepreneur with multiple successful businesses. And, and, and so we just started rapping back and forth about it. And, and all of a sudden the idea, but we, we were talking about it like every other day, you know, and calling each other and texting each other ideas. And so the idea, that's kind of how it spurred from there. We both just kind of put our brains together on it. And then I said, all right, Austin, we got to, if this is real, you know, first step is we got to have a business plan. And he's like, yep, yep on it. And, uh, and I was like, you're going to write this thing? And he's like, on it. And like within, you know, weeks, he sends me rough draft. I'm going back and forth with edits. He's going back and forth with edits. And, and he really led the charge there. And, uh, and, and next thing you know, we've got like a, a legit business plan that made a lot of sense. And, and I said, <laughs> I said, I said, Austin, you know, and all the startups that we do, you know, you kind of, it's this technology one-on-one startup thing. I was like, you got to do surveys, man. We can't, this is just you and me thinking like, we got to do some surveys. I need, we, we got to figure out how to like ask all these hard questions to I a lot totally of forgot we like i never talk this? about the surveys in these i i never talk about the surveys in these podcasts i think talking about the survey statistics would like be astronomically eye-opening to people but it's yes mind-blowing. so and so austin's like i got that too i got eight thousand followers on instagram watch this and he just like posted some survey questions and people like we were getting like 500 answers to each question like within a day and it was mind-blowing statistics like austin i don't have them all memorized maybe you've got some of them in front of you well, but it's like yeah. the average fisherman spends three hours researching a fishing a, a trip before they go fishing yeah uh, yeah so the, i'll talk like about 60. some of them yeah go go it was go. like it was like do do you think being a fishing guide is a dream job you know yes or no because i wanted people to under like and uh, I think 90% of people said yes, that got, being a fishing guide was a dream job. So they they obviously um, aspire to be a guide or, or be in like a pat, like a in just a spot of knowledge in, in fishing. And then so I'm like, all right, that's cool. Um, how many or would you how often do you ask for information before trips? It was like 90% of people said like, yes, everyone yeah. asked buddies for information before trips. And then it was like, would you be willing to pay for information before trips? And then like 60% of people said yes. And then it was like, would you be willing to sell information uh, after your trips? And about 60% of people said yes. So we automatically knew like, okay, this is like, there's going to be people that don't do it and are okay with it. And then people that are like, yeah, I see this. And back to Adam's deal, when you start thinking about like, Okay, like I always like to lay out like if time is money, if we can all agree that time is money, if you spend three hours doing research for a body of water, just call it for easy math. Let's say you spend your your average wage is $50 an hour. You spend three hours. That means you spend $150 of your time to, to figure something out and you still got to go figure it out. And then, you know, the light bulb started going off for us like, holy cow, like when you started looking at all this data, you're like, wow, there is actually a market 
for buyers and sellers. And uh, dude, I, I, I totally forget to talk about the surveys. The surveys are- <laughs> I, I, I think that yeah. survey information is, is great because when I look at it for me personally, as much as you know, my antidote, if I'm going to a new body of water and it's maybe it's a destination lake, let's use that example, right? I don't know, Gunnersville, Okeechobee, right? Right. And so like before I went to, or let's use the Harris chain when I went down there for a couple of years ago, massive body of water. Of course, Huge. I'm doing all, all the lake surveys. I'm looking at all the fishing reports that are there. I'm going on YouTube, looking at all the information. I'm going back to old, you know, pro tournament circuits there, watching old videos. And I went down there in February around the time while all that information is relevant. But if I would have went down, say, in May or something, right, it can, be, it can be completely different fishing. But on top of that, with the Harris chain, only been to Florida one other time. I was Okeechobee. Um, completely, right, those bodies of water set up quite a bit differently. I, you know, I'm going to Florida thing. I'm going to punch, right? I want to punch lily pads and do all that. No, the, you know, and I went on Facebook groups and asked a few folks and it got some good direction. No, they're offshore in eelgrass, go up to Lake Griffin on the north end. And, you know, you just have to find where the schools are at. And that that's what we did for the next seven days. And we were out there and, and caught a lot of fish that way. But I don't know if I would have, how many days it would have taken me to figure that out. If right. I, you may I, not have ever figured it. You may have never figured it out because... I was on completely different lakes at that time, right? Because everything's connected there. Yeah, so. and here, here yeah, and like, how many hours did you spend online? Do you think in the three weeks before, just googling stuff and researching stuff? Oh, all the time. And, and if I'm working, making lures or something, like I, I, you know, if I'm going to a place, I probably got YouTube playing in the background with different people on the lakes, or, or I try to, I try to find guides who run the lake who publish content and all because you try to soak it all up. But the problem is none of it's super, super current. And we all know how, how bass are. Yeah. And yep. it's especially true in Florida. Oh, they, just, they, they just move up and down like crazy, especially that yeah. time of year. So and you said something that resonated with me because you talked about like, Adam, you talked about folks hitting you up and, and wanting the information and all the time that you put into figuring that out and, and, and giving it away from for free might be okay for a little while, but there comes a point and Trey and I just had this conversation, uh, before talking to you and, and now knowing a little more about fish ships, we're going to learn more, but Trey and I fish together a fair bit. We both live really close. So if he's on a lake and, and gets on them and he's like, Hey, they're, they're here. I'm like, well, pick me up at the ramp or if I'm out, he's picking me up at the ramp. So a lot of our stuff is our social media stuff is together. Cause we just end up fishing yep. together a lot. Constantly. Constantly. We are getting messages from folks like, Hey, I saw you were on Harris the other day. What, what were the fish doing? And, you know, we, we really we're about and the podcast is about like anglers helping anglers. But at some point, there has to be a return on your investment where we spent the time out there finding the schools. We spent and we may not be talking, but we spent the time out there catching the fish, figuring out they want to eat, you know, what they're doing, what weather conditions. We both have journals full of notes like at some point in time, we have to stop giving that away. And it, 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 that was like a light bulb for me when you said that, because we were just having this this exact conversation. So if anybody's well, listening, like that's what it's for. Like we put yeah. in the time, we burn the fuel. We're not guides, but we're still out there in our free time fishing for fun. And I don't mind helping you, you know, but at some point yeah, there needs to be some return on helping. Folks. And, 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 I, and I totally guide, guy, we want, I want to pay for it. I think yeah. anglers want to pay. They want to make sure you, you're financially supported. We get that, right? I mean, every angler, if you don't get it, something's wrong with you, right? But but whatever it is that angler does for a living, you could be a brain surgeon, you could be a lawyer, you could be you could be in sales, you could be, uh, you know, pick in marketing, you could be an accountant, you could be 
in construction, it doesn't matter what, what it is. They do what they do for a living. And whatever that is, that equals a dollar amount of money that they get paid per hour. And that's kind of how all of our values per hour gets created. And I know that a guy like you has put in the time and effort on that lake. And there's a, a, a correlation on a graph that's like, hey, I work X amount per hour. I work 50, 60 hours a week. I'm willing to pay Y amount for what is probably going to take me three to five hours worth of work just to Google it and figure it out. But to tell you the truth, if I, if I know it's an expert, someone who's hammering a lake, right? And I know that he's put in dozens of hours, I'm probably willing to pay more for that. And I want you to have that money because at the end of the day, I just want better memories. That's what it comes down to. I, I just want to catch bigger that. fish. I want to catch more fish. I want to share these experiences with the people in my boat, which is normally my kids um, and my friends. I want to do it quicker. I want to do it faster because I don't have my whole life to spend on the water. I wish I did. But I want to pay Amen. for that experience so that I can catch more fish. And at the end of the day, all that equals to, because it's going to be over. You're going to fish for a day. If you're lucky, you can fish for four or five days. It's all going to be over. And all you have are your memories. Yeah. I, I think, memories I think, and photographs. I, I think that's important. The important message here is like a lot of people, when you ask for information, they have all these reservations about giving it to you because they think you're going to go steal their fish for a lifetime. But a lot of people, just like you talked about, they only get to get out maybe once every couple months. Heck, sometimes people go fishing once a year, That's you right. know? And so when, when it comes to the, the adage of if you do something well, don't do it for free, um, it applies in this situation. Now, there's a difference between hooking a buddy up with a couple waypoints and letting them know, like the three of us in here, we're going to tell each other stuff for free. But I can tell you, I just got off the lake today. There's about six different schools that I know that are on Sharon Harris Reservoir right now. I could probably sell you the locations for all six of those, right? <laughs> but that is a reality because those six schools of fish are going to get so much pressure that it's going to, if I tell everyone where they're at, it's going to take away from my memories, right? But it could contribute to their memories. But totally. It, it, it's an important thing to think about. And, and Pete's right. We just talked about that. And it was like, dude, we gotta, we gotta stop telling everyone everything we know. Yeah. Um, I'm, I mean, cause you so, and I found so, those schools. My dad, my dad came down, Trey and I had schools found. And as you guys know, you're fishermen, schools of fish move. So even that Saturday morning we went out, I still burned almost a half tank of fuel idling, finding where those schools were figuring out how they were setting up before I fished them. And you know, that was my money that I, that I spent. And to just hand that in for like this, make this is making so much more sense. I'm so glad. <laughs> yeah. And it's that well, dollar amount, could, if someone could have just said, Hey, it's the, you spent the same exact amount of time, right? Which is dollars. Yeah. And could someone have just streamlined that and said, Hey, they're just right here. That's the same. You're, you're going to exchange probably less money for it and make more memories faster. Mm -hmm. But I right. think this also touches on burning waypoints because there's probably people you know, listen to this saying, you know, oh, but you could burn all the waypoints. And, and then what if it becomes a community hole and things like that? You well, know, I want to I I talk about it as a seller. I want to talk yeah, about this yeah. as a seller because I have I something gonna... I, I have something that none, none of you guys have in common is I, I I'm in the fishing industry. I do this full time. I have an intimate, 
deep understanding for the last decade of literally putting the food on the table purely with my knowledge up here on how to stay on fish. Yep. So when I, when I think about like all this stuff as a guide, do people, do you guys think that people drive by me on a lake and drop waypoints on stuff I'm fishing? Oh, 100%. absolutely. hundred oh, yeah. percent already happening. Um, do you think I've ever trained a guide that has become competition in a decade worth of guiding? 100%. Absolutely. So once again, like from my perspective, I'm like, here I am, like, I have to figure out multiple sources of revenue. I have to be a spider in the middle of the web. If I'm a one trick pony show, I don't give a crap what business you are. If you're a one trick pony show, chances are you're not going to last long. Nobody just changes tires. They change tires. They change oil. They, they're so, they work on motor, whatever. They're, you can't be a one trick pony show. And in the fishing industry where it's such a desirable industry to be in, there's a lot of money in it, but it's parceled out in so many ways. So if you're just a one trick pony show, you can't do it. That's why these guys that are like, I'm a professional angler and I'm going to make a living tournament fishing. Mm -mm. I'm like, what? I was on Matt Pangrak's BTL Bass Talk Live. I said, Matt, how much money do you make on the opens annually? He said, Austin, I lose $20,000 a year. Yep. Yep. I lose $20,000 a year. So now listen, I'm a guide. So listen, man, we could go like deep into this, but the best way to make, make a living in the fishing industry, if you want to be a guide tournament angler, is literally guide for five or $600 a day throughout the week, fish local big tournaments, win those big tournaments, and then guide. You stay at home, you stay local, you fish for $20,000 on the weekend, or you know you win maybe three or four of those a year and you make about $75,000 guiding people. Like that's how you make it. So then I'm like, okay, well, let me do that. And then I've got a tackle shop and all these things. So, you know, it's just, what I'm trying to say is you have to have multiple sources of revenue. You can't just do it, you know, on your own. So for me, I'm like, all right, people are already trying to go around me. People are already, you know, doing these things, whether it's like they're waypointing me, you know, call, call them whole buzzards. My buddy Ben Milliken calls them whole buzzards, whatever. <laughs> but, but like, I, like I have to further monetize, like I have to always continue to further monetize my knowledge. And uh, I've got so much time idling and so much, so much money spent on fishing line. And, you know, you guys know how that, that oh, is, yeah. but you know, it's important for me. I'm like, Hey, I've got to have multiple sources of revenue. And this is a whole spot that I'm missing out on. Like people desire this information. How do I monetize it? Yeah. So. And when you, when you look at, at, at professional anglers, which you're, you're a professional angler, whether you guide, we, we did a whole episode on this, but there's never, nobody's making it maybe outside of Kevin Van Dam or Jacob Wheeler, like, and they're making it on deals that they've signed. Right. Maybe, Outside of them, if you look at anybody, Gerald Swindle owned his his construction company, contracting company. Uh, a lot of guys have plumbing companies, or or they own a landscaping business. Or you look at John Cruz with Missile Bates. The, the the folks that are successful and do this for a long time don't just tournament fish. They all have you something. They guide. They you, you're absolutely right. Lee Livesey guides down you know down in Texas. Mm -hmm. um, Chris Zaldane guides and does does all his media Destin and guides on Destin Lake guides Erie. on Destin the Marion, a friend of ours, guides on Lake Erie. Harvey Horn uh, does a bunch of stuff outside of just fishing. You just you can't make it 
and I, I try to tell this to young, like young kids when they come and they talk to us and, and we, you know, we're lucky to know elite guys and they ask, well, what do I have to do to get there? And I'm like, you need to have another job and you need to, <laughs> you need, you need to really think about this because we, I'm sure we all know if you've been around it, you know, somebody whose marriage has been destroyed. They've lost their house. They've had a trucker boat repoed. Like, they need to they need I, to finish 50th to cash a $200 check to make it. I'm really good family. friends with a couple of the guys on the Elite Series. I'm not going to mention their names. They separately told me they took out unsecured loans for over $50,000 to pay entry fees to fish the Elite Series. I I am like Dude, that that absolutely shakes me up. Somewhere, Dave oh, Ramsey yeah. Oh, yeah. is rolling around. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm like, guys, that is the worst business plan I've ever heard. And man, I could talk about that all night. But I'm just like, guys, that is insane. So once again, like, you have okay. How do you service that debt? That would be my immediate thought: is how do I service yeah. that debt outside of good finishes, right? Because I'm an entrepreneur. I'm thinking about cash flow. I'm like, all right. I've got a guide. I've got to do these things. I need multiple sources of revenue. So, so, it's so fish tips, for, you know, fish tips you come up with, you know, these folks, there's people who, who you don't need to do a bunch of vetting on. If Ben Milliken puts in, uh, you know, information, you know, it's going to be solid. You don't know me from Adam. If I want to, how do you vet me? If I want to sell tips on fish tips, like how do you absolutely. vet the folks that you don't personally know and, and ensure they're not giving bad information? Absolutely. Yeah, and, so, and before you go into the details, Austin, um, this was a major question we had uh, from from the inception of the business plan. You know, it was absolutely something we 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 were worried about. You know, we don't we don't we want to make sure that a buyer knows who they're buying from and what the skill set is of that. Excuse me, what a yeah, what a buyer is buying from a seller. We want to make sure that we understand what the seller's skill set is and. And when Austin and I started, um, you know, we said, let's just start with expert guides, people, you know, that are 100 percent, you know, online and, and, and we can prove that they're a guide of some sort. And then that changed. We, we started getting hit up by some professional anglers, by some tournament anglers and by weekend warriors. And then we I mean, I can't tell you there's been dozens of hours of meetings to figure out the different classifications uh, and then how, how are we going to do that now? Because we're small. And then how is that going to grow at scale, you know, as we get bigger? So Austin, I'll let you, why don't you talk a little bit about what we yeah. came up with and, and what the thoughts so are there. If somebody desires to be a seller on fishtips.com, they would go on and click become a guide. And when they click become a guide, you sign up immediately with your name and your email address. The next thing it does, it kicks you to our third party payments platform called Stripe. And Stripe authenticates your name and a bank account. So now it has to be your legal name and your bank account. So if your legal name, bank account has to line up with your legal name on the platform. So there's the first verification. We want people to be Austin Neary is Austin Neary. We don't want Billy's bad bass bass casters or whatever you know we want we want you know we want like hey this is lined up lined up like even i actually sell on the platform as my business dreamcatcher guides and it's linked to a bank account that says dreamcatcher guides like dreamcatcher guides llc is my legal business entity so you have to sign up through the bank account the next thing is you then do a brief biography usually pretty quick you can tell like if someone wants to take this serious or not based on what, what credentials they're putting on their biography. Mm -hmm. The next thing is we make them 
uh, rate themselves. What are they? Are they a professional tournament angler? Are they just a tournament angler? Are they a professional guide? Are they a part-time guide? Are they a collegiate fisherman? Uh, are they a weekend warrior? Are they a local expert? And we make them fill that out. The next thing, which is the biggest thing, it's 2023. If you do not have social credentials to back those up, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube channel, TikTok, something, you we just can't verify you. There's just no way. If you're like, I fished on the BPT for 10 years, or it's not even been around for 10 years, but but I go to your Instagram <laughs> profile, but I go to your Instagram profile and it's cat pictures, immediately we're throwing up red flags. Like you're not who you say you are, yep. you know? And, uh, you know, we actually have a, we have quite a few Bassmaster Classic qualifiers and a couple old, like they qualified back in the late eighties and nineties and they got on our platform and they're just kind of like local hammers now on their lakes in Texas. And then one, one I think's in like Ohio or Indiana and they put Bassmaster Classic qualifier. And I was like, Oh, like I, I don't believe it. And then, and then I googled their name, and I'm like, oh my gosh! Like this guy fished in the this guy finished tenth in the Bassmaster Classic. And uh, anyway, so it's been really cool. But like, so we we authenticate your name, you kind of authenticate yourself, and then you have to do your social media platforms. And if you don't have those, dude, it's just really hard to prove you are who you are. That's just the reality of this industry. So then with that being said, because a lot of people are like, well, how do I know the sellers aren't just selling dog crap? Well, dude. I've got almost 10,000 subscribers on my YouTube channel. We have 10,000 followers on our Instagram. We have 7,000 followers on our Facebook. I've been in business for eight years through Dreamcatcher, uh, through the tackle shop. I've had my guide business for 10 years. Why would I jeopardize my reputation? Right. If I'm selling crap, like people say, it, like, well, how do I know people aren't selling crap? And I'm like, well, it's their actual name. Their actual social medias are attached to it. Why do you think someone would risk their reputation? Like, I think about that logically. I would have to be the biggest dumbass in the world to sell you crap in hopes that you do support my tackle shop and book guide trips. Like, what sense and what world does that make? Yeah. So, you know, it's like we vet these guys as good as we can and then – you know, we also, their first time they post a tip, we do have a team on the back end that reviews that tip and we'll say, hey, uh, we we think there should be more information or, hey, we noticed these price points. Uh, that price point is probably a little high for what you're selling because, all right, so this is going to lead into our review process. We've had a little bit of a struggle just being 100% honest and candid with you guys. We've had a little bit of a struggle with the review process because we understand that some guys are coming in with different skill levels different talent levels. I think the skill and talent different, different ability to work certain baits, different equipment from bass boats and canoes and everything. Mm -hmm. So, you know, like if I'm selling you like, Hey, they're in these shallow one foot flats with lily pads and you have a walleye deep V boat, you might rate the tip bad immediately. Cause you can't even get to the darn fish, you know? <laughs> yeah. so, so we're, this, we're running into, go ahead. Yeah, I was, that was my, um, that, that was what I wanted to get into is like the review process and kind of the back yeah. end of that, because you, you can validate and you can validate so well. But if it's a local expert, they've got fish catches on their Instagram. Like, how much can you really tell? Are they really dominating all these local lakes? Like we know some of the guys do around here. They don't really post on social media, but but you I mean, you can understand things like that happen around the country, like on the back end review process. If there's an algorithm that kind of collates that and obviously over time as you get more data you can you can yeah of course probably. yeah let me let me i want to finish up on on kind of the pre-vetting and then we'll dial, 
tap into the review process. So on that pre-vetting piece, just a few more tidbits. So uh, that bank account thing Austin was talking about, I come from the credit card processing world where there is insane fraud globally. I mean, people try to cheat people out of money every single minute of every single day. It's happening I mean, right but, now to me. Uh, it, it, like credit for fat identity theft is. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's brutal. And so for my credit card processing background, um, I learned a lot over the past 20 years about fraud pre prevention, monitoring risk and things like that. Uh, so just the bank account thing is one tiny little step, but it's actually a big deal for fraud prevention. Uh, in regards to, uh, before we tap into the review process in regards to, uh, you know, what if it's, what if, what if the tip is junk or what if it wasn't right? Look, we've been refunding people money because mistakes get made. We live in an imperfect world filled with imp imperfect people and, and beginning with me and ending with Austin. And I mean, it's just the way the world works. Yep. We're not out to take anybody's money or, or do anything wrong or, or sell a bogus tip. If, if someone we've had people send us, you know, Hey, here's customer support. This wasn't right. This wasn't right. This one, right. Oh, you're totally correct. Oh, we're sorry. Here's your money back. And now let's talk to the seller. And if the seller makes sense, then it's like, Hey, let's try and correct these mistakes. The seller doesn't make sense. It's, Hey, you're off the platform. Okay. Yeah. And, and, and that's the way fraud prevention works and credit card processing and, and risk monitoring and everything like that. Um, so that is Can I say now. something? Yeah. That, that's that segues into, let's say we do have, um, a buyer who is upset at a tip or, you know, like Lord knows, has a fisherman ever been pissed when he doesn't catch a fish? Uh, yeah. Uh, you know, so like that, that, ha that happens. Right. But what, what, what we do is like if a buyer is upset about something, whatever it is, and then we're like, hey, you know, this tip based on our data looks like it's, you know, rel relatively priced, right, valuable tip and everything. What we've done and had unbelievable success is literally saying, hey, we're going to facilitate you guys connecting and communicating with each other so yeah. to, to reconcile what was wrong. So we've had a couple times like this is a great example. The other day, Jordan Sipek, who's at a Lake Oneida, his father, Stan Sipek, Bassmaster Classic qualifier, wins everything on Oneida. Jordan guides part time out there. He's a stud. Anyways, he sells some walleye tips. He tells the guy. Hey, well, Austin, he, not only not only is he a stud, he. He represents the number one species category of selling tips on our platform, which is walleye. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah, not walleye. bass. Walleye yeah. tips are the number one selling species category so far. Yeah. Keep going. Yeah, it's, it's, it's insane. So he, a guy reaches out, buys the tip, and then contacts us, and or he rates it a one out of five. And I'm like, holy cow, like – all Jordan has sold like eight of these tips and they've all been four or five out of five stars. So I'm like, Hey, what was the deal? And he said, well, they weren't eating, you know, the deal. So then I'm really good friends with Jordan. I don't know who the buyer of the tip was, but they came together and Jordan ends up communicating. He goes, I told the guy like the exact jerk bait, the grass line, like everything. He said, the guy just really liked throwing a silver buddy and wanted to catch him on a silver buddy. <laughs> well, that, br that brings up a very interesting point because, and I'm glad to hear this working through on the back end, but we have a little saying here that fishing's fishuational. Like he can hammer him and give me the weight. Trademark, trademark. That's ours, But uh, so like he can give me a waypoint. I can go out the next day and they move or they don't want to bite whatever they're biting, right? And and 
And it's good to hear because I go back to the Florida example. A tip that's a week old in Florida in, say, February may be completely off of what they're doing, depending on on those warm fronts or cold fronts, for that matter. Whereas yeah. a tip around here in the summertime, it could be maybe three, four weeks old, and there may still be fish around that general area where that where that tip is. It yeah. depends a lot on conditions, time of year, where you're out in the country, and and probably not every every angler that goes on there and some of these negative reviews, they understand all that, right? Because well, they're not so out there all the time. This, this is where I want to expand to even more because, man, this is where I think a lot of the industry is and where they land on us. There's a saying, right? Give a man a fish, feed him for a day. Teach, teach a man a fish, a feed fish. him for a lifetime. I want to ask you guys, what do you think fish tips is? I know more now, but I can tell you. I can tell you before I knew, and I'm not going to use your. I'm not going to use your saying because my saying is it's darn near impossible to catch another man's fish, right? When yeah, I yep. first saw y'all's business and what you were doing, I said they're just taking people's money because you can't just get a waypoint and go catch somebody's fish. Okay. After having conversations yeah. with you, Austin, offline, now yeah. I understand a little more. But it, and that's so exactly. Anyways. That's how I felt. And Trey, Trey said me when you were on Bass Talk Live. So I was actually on Bull Shoals. And so I listened to the podcast while I was fishing. I was like, okay, much different than, the, you know, all the, all the clickbait. All the controversy. There. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyways, a lot of people are seeing this and they're like, oh, this is a give a fish uh, or give a man a fish, feed him for a day. And I'm like, no, 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 no. This is teaching a man to fish because this, this is why. One, uh, Pete, you're 100% right. You can't catch another man's fish. Um, but the other deal is they still have to earn it. But I want to go even further into they still have to earn it. This platform is an educational platform. Everyone pays for education. And our tips are more than just go to this waypoint, drag this worm, catch these big bias. <laughs> oh, the like, tips are total. They're, they're they so in-depth. It's unbelievable. Yeah. Like our, our guys who are good repeat sellers are like, Hey, this is a this is a good ledge. Sometimes these fish suspend above the ledge. Sometimes, if it's a cool couple nights, they move to the grass shallower. Sometimes, when it's warmer, they'll pull out off the ledge and move down to the secondary ledge. Like it's so in depth and so educational. And it's once again, if you're spending two or three hours on your YouTube channels watching, learning this stuff, this is just a quicker way to learn. And man, I I heard a guy earlier on a different podcast that I did. He's like. Man, he said, I love what you guys are doing. He goes, it's the information age. It's 2023. It's the information age. I think we're fools to think the information age wouldn't come to fishing too. And it is right. like, this is just, this is education. And that's where I like want people to realize like, it, we're not just the sell away point platform. Like this is an educational platform uh, for a lot of guys. Like I can't tell you how, I mean, honestly, I would be willing to bet 70% of the guide trips that I do with people are people that say, Hey man, I just want to learn how you do it. And this right. is once again, just an extension of that exact service. So it's a very educational platform. It's, that was kind of, the, it's the next step I think in the information <clears throat> age for the industry. So what the last 10 years, YouTube exploded social media. There's a lot of free content out there. I learned a lot of techniques right over the last decade, right. That i may never would have picked up, but this gets a lot more micro, uh, and right. to a specifically body of water um, that is that is very applicable to when you're going out there. So like you can learn as much as you want, but it help it, it does help. Um, now I'm drawing the Blake on it, but it it cuts the time it takes. The learning curve. The yeah, learning curve. That's exactly. I mean, there's a lot of thinking for. There's there's intuition 
that is laid out in, in, in the seller's tips. And you don't get that intuition a lot of times when you're watching a YouTube video mm -hmm. or when you're reading an article or whatever the case may be is that, you know, you can look at uh, what is it bass resource or whatever. And you can say, yep, uh, usually in February they're in these creeks and blah, 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 blah. But like when you're actually selling like fishing intuition, um, that's something that's not, you don't, you don't see it all the time. A question I had, uh, when, when a seller or when a buyer is going to buy a tip, um, it's just like a Yelp review, right? Everybody has a different palate, like tastes are all different stuff like that. But yeah. is there a disclaimer in there that, that talks about like, Hey, listen, like everything is subject to change. It's always, and, and it's also subject to how you, uh, like, uh, what am I trying to say here? Digest the information, right? If you don't understand what you're reading, if you, can you read? And if you can read, can you understand what you're reading? Yeah. Because that's, that's a big thing, right? Like terminology and verbiage that's being used. Do those buyers understand what they're reading? I, th I think it's we, like, no, go ahead. And I'll answer. I'll, I'll, I'll give, I was going to say, we, we have a cool little saying called, Hey, it might not bite. Cause it's fishuational. Go ahead. Pete. Uh, no, what I was going to say is I, you brought up a great point when you talked about, you know, he gave that tip uh, and they, he told him the jerk bait and everything and he wanted to catch him on a silver buddy. And it just it just made me think, like, for anybody out there, our fans, new new followers, whatever, if you're if you're listening to this, if you buy a tip, listen to that tip. And I, I can give you a personal example for free tips. I had two people hit me up last week about a local lake. I told them both the exact same thing. There's a shad spawn still going on, which is completely and totally insane for this time of year. As soon as that shad spawn's done, you need to move and you need to go offshore. And depending on how those fish are set up, this is what you need to throw. One guy didn't listen to me about the shad spawn and didn't get there till 830 and then didn't understand why he wasn't catching fish shallow. The other guy got there at 530, smashed them shallow, and then went out offshore, figured out where they were set up. So if you don't, if you buy a tip and you don't listen to that tip, they're giving you the information. You have to use that information nearly verbatim because that's how you're going to learn. It's not, this is how you catch them. So if I'm catching them on a, on a flutter spoon and you go out and you throw <laughs> a deep diving jerk bait and you don't understand or why they're not spoon. eating it or yeah, chicken, you know, whatever it is. Flutter like, spoon's not a jigging spoon. No, flutter spoon is not a jigging spoon. Um, I just think that was a really good point that you brought up. And, but, it, and it is good to hear that there you know, people come on, they leave a negative review that there is a process there to connect them with the guide and a conversation is had like, this is what I provided you. Well, what did you actually one, do? Once again, like I, when I think about our platform, I think what happens is there's a lot of projection of insecurities and listen, we are our own people. So we only have our perspective and immediately we always think, how is this going to affect me? But when, when, so when people think about like our platform, they're immediately like, like, Oh my gosh, this is kind of wild. But if you think about it, like, how we see it is a very beneficial uh, transaction for two parties. It, that is what it is. It's a father and son like Strickland and Adam that have their own Z7 Nitro. I was out there all week last week. He Adam doesn't even want to take money away from me. He knows I'm booked and can guide someone else. And he he just like, hey, man, I'll buy a tip. So 
it's all about like we really at the core of this, we stand for honesty. We stand for integrity. We're not trying to take people's money. Of course, anytime you're a capitalist and come up with a business idea, half mm -hmm. the half the comments on social media are like, that's a greedy SOB. You know, it's like, <laughs> no, like we we for how we see this platform is it is a beneficial transaction for two parties. And we're just trying to facilitate that. We're not trying to screw anyone. We don't want somebody yeah. to be pissed off. What what sense would that make for us as a business if we just had everybody pissed off at what they were buying? That's so, a terrible business model. First, first for, for everyone, this is not new, right? Fish tips may be new, but paying for education is not new. How many people pay for a Bassmaster membership and get the Bassmaster magazines? A lot Bass of university. How many Bass people university. pay for Bass University? How many people pay for Netflix? How many people pay for YouTube? Whatever it is now. How many people pay to go to college? Right. And, and what I'm feeling here is there's a fish tip scholarship for Ben and, and Pete and myself here um, <laughs> that, you know, based on this deal. So we're going to get it for free. Ninety nine. But, uh, but, but I think the re I think what people need to understand is like there. This is not a new concept. First, what we live in capitalism. That's the opportunities that we have in this in this country to just create a business out of anything if you find a niche go for it man shoot for the moon and if it doesn't work it doesn't work and then hey hopefully you have resiliency to bounce back but this isn't new so i don't know and, I, and i'm sure you guys have gotten some negative comments and i, and I want to dive into that mm -hmm. but this isn't new this isn't yeah, new not, at all not at all not at all and i want to touch on that real quick you know it, it's it's as old as the internet and even older but since the dawn of the influencer and the YouTube channels and sponsorships for people that are, you know, for influencers, you know, people are paying for their fishing tips. The same, they're, they're paying for them now. They're probably paying the same exact amount of money. They're just receiving them in a different way, right? You're paying uh, whatever fishing rod manufacturer and whatever, you know, uh, resort in the Bahamas and whatever lure company for $10 for that lure, right? And then you've got the influencer, the person that's spending all that time making what people think are free videos. When they go research online, they're researching what they think are just, oh, I can just follow this person on Insta and I can watch your TikToks and I can learn all this stuff and I can listen to their hour-long podcasts and then talk about all these things so that I can get this information. It's free. They're getting the same information, but that person's making their money from the sponsors. That mm -hmm. person, the seller, is hoping that the rod manufacturer and the lure manufacturer will carve out a little piece of the $10 you paid them for that lure or the couple hundred dollars you paid them for that rod and give it in return as their income so that the seller can continue to make their money and their revenue that way. We've just cut out the middleman, right? right? They're having to go around their ass to get to their elbow, <laughs> excuse my French, just, no, so that they can just so they can generate the revenue. So That's they not keep French. Making the yeah, thank you. <laughs> so, that they can, so that they can continue to make the free videos. We've just cut yeah. out that process and we've just said, hey, buyer, just give the money directly to the seller. Yeah. That's yeah. it. And you use it. Good. This on another note, talking about it's it's like it's not new in this industry. And, and this is where a lot of the heat came from on social media. I said, and I quote, everybody is getting information of some sort. 
I don't know. This is probably the clip you guys. Oh, saw. here we go. Yeah, I've that's seen one, this that's one of them. Yeah. yeah. Mark in <laughs> 59 one. minutes and four seconds. He began yeah. the controversy. Yep. I'm going to put yeah. that down. I'm putting it <laughs> in my notes right now. Everybody gets information. And uh, Gerald Swindle picked that up. Uh, Jordan Lee picked it up. Alton Jones Jr. A lot of guys picked it up. And they're like, no, 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 no. And I, I said, no, no, no. Listen, listen. I didn't call anyone a cheater. I would never call anyone a cheater without proof, you know. I said everyone gets information, and my here here it is. If Gerald Swindle, if you guys own a tackle shop, Gerald Swindle had a tournament in town. He walked into your tackle shop because of our natural human uh, desire to be liked. We would say, "Hey, Gerald, I was out there and I called him like this the other day." Did yep. Gerald get information? Yes. Listen, I'm I love Ben Milken. He's one of my best friends. He's actually texting me right now. Him and his wife just had a baby girl. Or awesome. he's been sending me pictures. Uh, is that breaking anywhere, news? Anywhere, breaking, breaking news. <laughs> anyways, anyways, anywhere Ben goes, people want to be liked by Ben Milken. So what do they say? Hey, yep. Ben, try over here, man. I caught a big one out here. Is Ben's getting information? I'm saying everybody gets information. What I don't like is the projection of these people that are like, what Fish Tips is doing is wrong. And I'm like, no, no, no. Listen, everybody's getting information. Just some have networks of who's best who's best friends with Gerald Swindle, Jordan Lee, Alton Jones Jr., all these guys. Those are powerful networks, dude. And guess what? Adam doesn't have that network. Mm-hmm. You know, I know Jake Whitaker and, and Jonathan Kelly, Maddie Wonk, a couple of the other these guys, you know, but I'm like, people don't have my network. And that's what I'm saying is like you can't you can't say what what fish tips is doing is wrong because I'm like everybody gets information. I I said this. In fact, if you go fishing and you don't have information, you're probably an idiot. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah you're watching the videos and you're reading up in magazines and you're listening to this podcast and everything you're doing, someone else is paying those sellers. This is just a direct line to it. But there's yeah. no yeah. there's no real it's, difference. And and one little piece that we haven't touched on too is that ballpark i've heard research shows that you know last year in the last two years there's about 50 million fishermen and fisherwomen in the united states uh you know of that how many of them are tournament anglers Mm. max two million two and a half yes max so this is this is really the genesis of this idea is for the other 48 million of the meats that that that, that was that was going to be my my question though is who gets their panties in a bunch is it the other 48 million or is it no. the 2 million of tournament it's anglers the, who have a problem and too much pride with, with, I, I wasn't going to say it I'm telling you right now but the dude. reality is is I understand a lot of their concerns you know a, a lot of them make sense in 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 what they're doing with uh information and technology and in the industry that they're in and, and the tournaments they're competing in I understand their concerns and and yeah. I want to I want to figure out how to take their concerns as feedback and make our platform better and also figure out ways to help them combat uh, their concerns in com- competitive environments that they're in. You know, we've, we've even had one conversation around the, uh, around the chalkboard that was like, look, they brought up some valid concerns on the Bass Talk Live podcast that we did. Like, like what if tournament anglers did go, go to our site and buy a tip and then, you know, within the within the 
the period that they're not allowed to buy anything or they're not supposed to be doing that before a tournament. We're like, well, how can we help them? How can we help that tournament to stop that from happening? And then we started contacting our attorney to say, hey, look, are we allowed to give the tournament body uh, the information if they were to call us and say, hey, did this list of 200 fishermen, uh, you know, buy anything from you in the last two weeks? Right. Like I don't, we don't have the answer back on that yet. But I, those are the type I, of things that we do want to help with. But, dude, you know? like well, the, the answer, to, in my opinion, is easy. Integrity. I mean, 100%. You're, you're one website versus millions and millions of opportunities to go out there and elicit information and cheat. Dude, so, so it's, exactly. it's just not quite. So the concern is, and I think this is a concern, right? It's it is getting non-public information. So YouTube articles and magazines, all, all old coverage, right? Anyone theoretically could have access to it. Mm -hmm. But if it's a fish tip on a particular lake and it's capped at a number, like some of them are, right? Then only five people get it. And then the concern is, are people able to purchase that information that's non-public? And I'm with you 100% on integrity, right? But we know these organizations have an issue with that by what's going on the last couple but, of years. But, um, and so, yeah, that was my question of, the, and it's you so, guys have had the conversation just, of how, just, how do you, how do you limiting, have conversations with those organizations? And it's hard to do it. I know for like a I, local, a local real quick, we, before we, Adam we, and not, yeah. just real quick, I, I think, and I, I'm sure you all agree. And we've talked about it on some other podcasts, that this, this topic that we're going to right now, the industry fishing industry as a whole is hypersensitive because of the walleye incident. And the way it got blasted out to the world and, and got brought to mainstream. So integrity is always something that 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 everybody just assumed. Now that we've seen a major scandal, and there, there were some other ones in the BPT sure. and Bass that, that everybody knows about, but it's a hypersensitive topic right now. And so the, some of this may be overreaction because of that, but I want to I definitely want to hear Austin and Adam. So, take so this is, this is where it lands because now we're talking, because this is what has happened. People are projecting their morality into something and you have to be really careful when you do that. And I want an example right here. Is this iPhone a good iPhone or a bad iPhone? It's based on your opinion. Well, if I use it to cheat on my wife and sell drugs and do stuff with the cartel, is that the phone's fault or is that my fault? Phone. It's your phone, phone. man. It's his man. No, it's, it's, I like, I like it. it's the phone, baby. <laughs> no, hey, hey, don't get mad at me. It was yeah, the, phone. the phone made me do it. No, it's, no, it's, it's, it's once, you making what, that decision. What, once again, it's like, listen, all like how we envision this platform is a guide being able to help some buddies coming in town and buddies in, coming in town, getting some information to go make a memory. How people use the platform. Listen, are there going to be people that that use this in a in a way that does not display integrity and so forth. Yes. Dude, yes. Yeah. Listen, I, I this is an extreme example. I but this is it's a good example. I've got a gun over there. Is it a good gun or a bad gun? In my hands, it protects my house, my family, my business, my friends when I'm with them. If in, 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 in the hands of someone who wants to do some something heinous, it's a it's a tool for something that's destructive. Yeah. I can't 
I can't project my morality into an object that is just an object that is a tool to be used by people. You, you, you just know? said the magic word there. It's a tool. And it's how how an individual chooses to use the tool. Oh, it's not the right. tool's fault. That's right. It's my, past, my prior, my prior uh, industry credit card processing. I mean, are credit cards good or bad, right? They're amazing. They've changed the world. Amen. It's uh, true. Almost $6 trillion of payments will take place on credit cards globally. You wow. would be mind blown at the hundreds of billions of dollars of fraud that take place that people try to commit yeah. through that platform. It's the credit cards aren't bad. It's what people choose to do with the credit wow. cards. Yeah. yeah. So I think a lot of this, and once again, it's, it's this fear from tournament guys. And I'm, I'm going to say this, I think people tend to project their insecurities into other things. So they're like, people are going to use this to cheat. And I'm like, are you scared? You're going to use this to cheat. <laughs> That's right. Cause I'm like, I'm like me, like I, once again, how I intend to use the platform, it upholds what I stand for. Like I'm a Christian, but I'm like, I stand for integrity, honesty, uh, truthfulness. Like I, that's what I stand for. Like this is, this is going to be extension of that. Just like my businesses, like my houses, like everything in my life, you know, ultimately, Oh man, I heard something the other day. Somebody said how people perceive themselves is often how they perceive the world. It's correct. Love it, it is a hundred percent correct. And I'm like, I'm like, there are people that are willing to do shady things to get ahead of people. And listen, like Adam said earlier, man, there's we're broken people or everyone, you know, everyone has has dirt. Every no one's perfect. Like we're all broken. But like at the end of the day, like it's not the platform when Airbnb made Airbnb like my wife and I have Airbnbs. If someone wanted to rent our house for a month and turn it into a a, a prostitution uh, ring and a drug house. Is that Airbnb's fault or my fault? No, nope. no. I'm like, I just, I just have a house. We just have a platform. So I know a lot of people are projecting insecurities, but it's like, listen, like the way the, the fundamental purpose of this platform was to help guys make memories on the water and support fishing guides and other people who desire to make a little bit of secondary income, secondary revenue off of their love for fishing. That is you know, literally where the, where the ship lands and takes off from. And here's the beautiful, here's the beautiful thing. It's like anything in the world. If you don't like it, you don't have to go to the site. Mm -hmm. If you don't like pizza, don't eat pizza. If you don't like bass fishing, don't go bass fishing. If you don't like fish tips, don't go to the website. Right. And so I, everybody has control over what they do. It's though. And, and I agree with you, like those who think about it the most, if you're already trying to think like, how could I use this to my advantage in a tournament? Then you've already cheated. Like you're, you're already yeah. on that, on that road of like doing something immoral or unethical. And it's just a matter of time before you get caught. And for the tournament anglers that, you know, maybe the industry is worried about like those anglers tapping into that resource. Well, listen, man, they already get polygraphed randomly. They already, they are already given clear and concise guidance on what not to do during the off limits period with no information and stuff like that. So it applies. So there's no change, literally virtually no change. It's just another opportunity for somebody to have enough rope to hang themselves with. It, and right. It's very interesting with the backlash too. And, and I just, 
sit here thinking about, you know, you're in other species too. You talked about fish tips and walleye. It's actually the best selling uh, species. Crappy tips. We sell the crap out of crappy tips. Crappy tips. And I know those, I know those tournaments associated with those species too, but you talk about scaling the saltwater and, and other species, you know, the, but the fishing industry, I think you mentioned earlier, is still 70% driven by bass fishing, which yep. bass fishing is still driven by tournament fishing. That's right. And let's, let's all admit it. Tournament anglers can be whiny. Yeah. Very, very whiny. We hear it all, all the time at the local We just ranch. hired an intern from a sorority at Georgia, and she said that fishermen are more dramatic than any sorority house she's ever been to at Georgia. <laughs> I would agree with that. Write that down. I would agree with that. that one, yeah. <laughs> I that, say it all the time. A, that's a good hot hot take right there. I like it. <laughs> yeah, thanks. You're welcome. Just throw more heat on me, please. Yeah, no, we're yeah. That was all Austin. It's all good. It's all publicity. It's all good. <laughs> so I, I have to ask if there was one negative uh, review. Uh, what was it like? What is the worst thing that you guys have heard that you never expected to hear out of fish tips? Not from a not from a buyer, but just thought of like somebody in the industry. Oh, yeah. Like what's the word? Okay. Like, what did Adam, what shocked Adam, you? Adam would Adam wouldn't necessarily know this because Adam, uh, you know, is investor of the company, chairman of our board. He's not in the day to day grind like I am. But Gerald Swindle got on a podcast with the Alabama Bass Council. I said, Oh man, uh, I said, did you guys watch that? By the way, no. But uh, I, I'm going to watch it after this. this. It's going to be great. Um, so anyways, uh, he said, you have put my life in my, my, he essentially said he, we had put his life in jeopardy and I'm like, all right, how have we done this? And he said, uh, that people are going to try to attempt to steal his graphs and sell them on our platform. (laughs) So, so so, now Pete, Pete, listen, I, you can laugh. I, I like I I care about Gerald Swindle. In fact, one of my very best friends is the Black Rifle Coffee guy, Paul Bork. So he kind of mm-hmm. is Gerald Swindle's boss in a sense of marketing slash partner, whatever. Like I'm like I'm listening to Gerald, and I'm like, all right, like let me comprehend this. And I'm like, first off, I and I and I wanted to and I want to break it down. That was probably the most like crazy thing. I'm like, that's pretty wild to say. But I'm like, I said Gerald you run around in a very loud boat wrap. I said, every time you're on Gunnersville, every time you're on Gunnersville, everybody and their mama is toggling where you are and dropping a waypoint. Yep. Because mm-hmm. he, what he was scared of is he said, I don't want someone to steal my graphs and be a, be a verified seller on your platform and then sell all my stuff. And I'm like, dude, there's already people that are technically monetizing your stuff, whether they're fishing guides, like there was a fishing guide I know who said, I don't, he said, I don't like fish tips, but I do zoom in on other people's Instagram pictures to figure out where they're fishing. And I'm like, you just like free fish tips then. Yeah. You just don't want to pay somebody for their work. You just like socialist fish tips. Yeah. But you know, I'm like, but I'm like, I care about these guys. So here's the deal. I told Jared, I'm like, listen, someone can't get on our platform and say, this is Gerald Swindle's 10 hot spots. I followed him around. That is immediately, we see these tips and that's like taken down. Now, listen, yeah. if I became a guide on Lake Gunnersville and I caught some fish off of some ledges and whatever and sold them, guess what? Gerald Swindle's lived on Gunnersville for 20 years. Does yep. he probably have those waypoints? Good chance. So, 
am I monetizing his waypoints? I'm like, this is yes. already happening. A good little story real quick. I had a customer come in the store the other day and he's like, dude, he goes, I don't know why everyone's so upset about fish tips. I was like, I was like, I don't know. I think it's a lot of insecurity currently. And he goes, I had a buddy take me to Lake Chattoog and tell me, he's like, he showed me two brush piles, said they're super secretive. No one knows them. Keep your mouth shut. Don't tell anyone. I was like, okay, cool. He goes, well, I bought a boat from South Alabama and the guy sold me the boat with the electronics. And when I went to Chattoog, guess what waypoints were on that? <laughs> Two secret brush piles. Two super <laughs> secret brush piles. <laughs> so I'm like, I'm like, guys, like we live in this and I'm going to say this, this is going to be a hot topic. There are no secrets in fishing. It has to 100%. do with nope. most current hyper local, hyper focus, hyper current information. And that's where the strength of fish tips is for the buyer and the sellers. Like, Hey, I can give you this information. I was literally just out there six hours ago. Let me give you this tip. And that's where it is. Like these fish move. I mean, this, it happens all the time. There's so many conditions that change and everything, but this is what I know. There are people that have more confidence going out with a guide telling them how to go do something, then they have confidence in their own ability. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Ultimately, and that's just the reality. There's people who have more confidence buying a tip or having a guide tell them what to do, then they have confidence in themselves. And listen, there's nothing wrong with that. They're, they're lawyers. They probably have more confidence talking to a judge than I do when I get a speeding ticket. It's what they do. There's nothing, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. We're just trying to facilitate confidence. And how many of us have been out, right? And you get on fish. Maybe you're running a, a stretch of bank or something, just having to train and I on Sunday. Mm-hmm. We were running around trying to find some fish. We got we got on the section of a bank that that that's where they were. We caught one off of every cypress tree we flipped off Everyone. pretty much. And I'm like, well, we're going to run this, and then we're just going to come back and run it. Before I could loop back around, there were three boats behind me because they saw us catch those fish. That's it's right. not a secret. Somebody's yeah. going to see you. They're either going to waypoint it or they're going to yeah. jump right behind you. And if they're confident in fishing behind you, they're going to jump and fish behind you. Even if they're not, well, now they know I caught fish there. They're going to be there tomorrow morning. You're, you're absolutely yeah. right. And that's one of the things that kills me. We talk about all the time when people's like, oh, don't tell anybody about this. This is my secret spot. Bro, there are no secrets. Somebody has seen you. Somebody has seen somebody catch a fish. I told, I told Gerald that. I'm like, Gerald, you guys have marshals in the boats with you at elite events. And you have, which have tracking devices. I can get on a satellite and literally zoom into where you are on Google Earth. Like, like, I don't want to, like, I don't want to say this in a negative way, but I'm like, I think a lot of people just live in this, like, I don't want to say fantasy world, but I'm like, guys, this just how you perceive it. Like, you're, nothing's a secret. Like, people know where you fish. You run a wrapped boat. You, like... You just can't hide from people. And I'm and listen, listen, listen. I have utmost respect for Gerald. Gerald was just someone who obviously had made the video yeah. um, coming back with fish tips on Insta or on a uh, TikTok. So he's been a lot of the talk. And then he hopped on the on the live stream with the Alabama Bass Council. So I know Gerald's name's been coming up a bunch. I have utmost respect for Gerald. I've talked to Gerald personally. Like yep. Gerald, 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 Gerald and I are cool. I'm just saying he's he's been coming up. But this is it doesn't matter who it is. There's just zero secrets, and this is just the reality of what we live. I don't know if you guys remember when Kevin Van Dam won Toledo Bend, and I he do. literally looked, looked at the camera. This is what he looked like. I've got to catch all these fish because there's 55 spectator boats that are about to drum them if I don't catch everything. <laughs> <laughs> like, no, yeah. like just, that's happening, and guess what? Were some of those people watching him maybe fishing guides on Toledo Bend? Yeah. I, I, have, a, I, I have a funny one. Um, in one of these podcasts, this is probably one of the craziest things that I've heard. 
someone try and throw a stone at fish tips in one of Austin's podcasts. Someone said, so do y'all have uh, all, can y'all see and do you access all of the tips that people are posting on fish tips? And also was like, uh, yeah, of course. It's our website. He's like, well, yeah, he's like, it's, it's our business. And he's like, well, well, you think what you could do with that data, y'all could, you know, y'all could steal that information. And, and I mean, he went off on all the horrible things you could do with data. I wasn't on the podcast. I was just listening, but I was like, in my head, I was like, do you have any idea every time you open a bank account, every time you go get a credit card, do you have any idea how much tracking is going on there? They know where you are, when you're there. They know what you eat, when you eat it. They know what hotels you stay at. They know, I mean, the amount of data that exists on people right now is mind blowing. And do banks do illicit and horrible things with your data? No, there's laws against that. Mm-hmm. Do credit card companies do anything with your personal social security numbers and your bank accounts? No, of course not. The same reason that Uber doesn't and, and Airbnb doesn't. And the same reason we're not, we're a business. We're in the business to try and make this business grow. For, so, for, all, for all you doomsday preppers, the jig is up. Right? Yeah. Like <laughs> the jig is up, like it's 2023, like get over it. I think, yeah. I think, Tournament anglers specifically, and, and and I'm a local tournament angler. I'm no professional by any means, but I think the term grow the industry is only, I, I think they want to grow the industry when it's time to make money for themselves. This is just total speculation, but growing the industry means you're you're giving information out you're you're giving techniques you're giving capabilities out those fish that you thought only you and you and yourself could catch are being caught by other people now so i think growing the industry really came back to bite the industry in the butt the tournament anglers because there are so many more people on the water now bass fishing is so much more popular and we're talking bass fishing right there's so much other fishing out there but it it just seems to always circle around bass tournament anglers it just always does and so when we want when we say grow the industry we really don't what we want is to protect what we can catch but give just whatever else we can give. That's not how it works, man. Like I want to, I want to talk. It's very, it's very unique because, you know, the focus here is what, like you just said on, on bass fishing and the information you'll hear a lot of people say, well, I've spent my whole life learning that information, right? Those are, I, I, I learned that I spent in thousands of hours and, and thousands of dollars to figure out how to catch those fish. Therefore, how dare someone else, uh, how dare someone else ask me for that? And I would never give them that, but it's kind of interesting. It's like, it's like this industry is still kind of like analog and it's moving into this digital age because think of all the other different spaces in the world that aren't even in necessarily the digital age, but, but what if a car mechanic said the Mm -hmm. same thing and your car is broke and you took it into the shop and, and he said, Nope, I only work on my own cars. Yeah. Yeah. I, I went to school and, and I learned how to fix these combustible engines and, and, and I, I'm not giving you that information. That's mine. And, and what if doctors said that said, no, right. I, I became a doctor just for my family and that's it. I'm only going to feed my family with my knowledge 
and I'm only going to keep my family healthy. I'm not going to share that knowledge. So it's Austin, still just a unique space. Austin, you, you said it earlier. Uh, you don't just guide. You don't just have a tackle store. You have multiple sources of revenue. And you you're seeing see, and, and tournament anglers have to as well. They're professional market, marketing and sales representatives. They're professional fishermen. A lot of them professional guys. They got private businesses. And guess what they're doing now? Everyone's jumping on the YouTube train. They're all starting a series. They're all they're all giving information to everybody. Right. And they're good. Sure. And they're doing that so that a sponsor will give them the money. Exactly. Yeah. So it's the same thing here. This just alleviates the sponsor train. It's yeah. just directly different. to the money. It's all it's all the same stuff, but it Can is interesting. One, one point real quick. Absolutely. Because because I think I think it goes back to even something that's like like I keep thinking about what we are and we are humans and everything, but it goes back to like even deeper. Cause I think so much is like mentality and so forth, but there's these two mentalities, right? There's an abundance mentality and then there's a scarcity mindset, right? You got an abundance mindset and a scarcity mindset and an abundance mindset says, Hey, there's enough for everybody. There's enough to be successful there. That's what I think. When I think growing the industry, I think about having an abundance mindset. I mean, dude, I'm guiding a kid Monday. This is unbelievable. I'm guiding a kid Monday who I guided when he was eight years old. Wow. Eight years old. I actually, he goes, he goes, dude, he was my second ever trip. I say I started my LLC 10 years ago. I guided him 12 years ago dude he's he's i think he's 21 now he's like he's like dude i love fishing because of you like i watch all your youtube videos he's like and to me man i'm like even kind of getting emotional like man that's what it's about like he got his dad into fishing him and his dad have got to share lifetime memories because i got the son into fishing so when i think about growing the industry it's about this abundance mentality like it's about inspiring kids man like dude when i got to share a boat with boyd duckett I was blown away and just even to this day, I could call Boyd and just talk shop with him or whatever. But like there's abundance mentality and there's scarcity mentality. And there's so many people that just think there's enough of this little piece of the pie for me and me and me and me that they just totally. And listen, listen, dude, I'm I'm being 100 percent honest. What you put out into the world is what you get back from the world. And there might be some people living behind a facade of fakeness. But the reality is, is if you're putting positivity out, you're going to get positivity back. And I'm like, once again, when I think about the core foundational of what we are foundation of what we've created, it's literally about maximizing your life, maximizing your life as a guide, maximizing your life as a, as a father and son, maximizing your life as a friend, maximizing your life as a local tournament guy that wants to pay enough fish tips to take his honey on vacation, whatever it is like we exist to see people maximize their life. That's what fish tips is about point end of story game over. Like I love it. Absolutely love it. And if you two don't have any other questions, I think we can just end the fish tips conversation right there because I mean, how, how do you cap what they're doing better than that? I mean, that's exactly how I see it now. Even before you talked about that, that is, I appreciate that. Perfect. Uh, Yeah. yeah. I mean, if, if you listen to this and that doesn't put things into perspective, you might want to do some uh, some, some inward reflection, some soul searching, yeah. and and uh, question you know you know where your your heart or mind or whatever it is really lies because that's that's awesome, man. And I I think about the memories I've you know I've made with my dad and and you created those same opportunities for that kid just by taking him on a guide trip and showing him a good time. Like that's that's unbelievable. And if selling selling a fish tip can do that for somebody because there's plenty of kids out there whose dads don't fish, but they might have. Yeah. 100 bucks to buy a tip 
to go rent a boat on a public lake where you might be able to rent a pontoon boat and they can go out there with their old man and they might catch a five pound bass. And then next thing you know, they got a boat and they're, they're out there doing it every weekend. It happened and, this weekend. I sold a tip this weekend. We're on, we've been catching and I don't know if you guys follow the dream catchers channel, but a lot of people know us for big swim baiting. Mm -hmm. It had reached out and said, Hey man, I'm coming to Lake Glenville. What's the deal? And I said, can I sell you a fish tip? And he said, uh, I don't, I don't have the money. I said, listen, I understand you're a young kid. I said, I'm like, I'm a professional guy. This is how I, I put food on the table for my family. And he goes, I got my dad to buy the fish tip. And I said, <laughs> awesome, man. So his dad bought the fish tip. They had a little, uh, like 16 foot tracker, 60 horsepower. They, they ended up buying the fish tip. They said, man, we have this one swim bait. And, uh, they, Followed my tip to a deal uh, to a T. The kid called his PB a five and a half pounder, and the dad called his PB five and a half pounder in the same day. And the That's dad awesome. ends up messaging me on on a uh, Instagram and says, "Best day I've ever had with my son." There you go. That that is awesome. That's absolutely That's creating opportunities to capture those memories. Man, goodness, yep. it's it's amazing opportunities. So we uh, I I don't have any other questions. I appreciate you guys what? breaking it down. Um. You we know fishchips.com, right? Is there, there's a mobile app as well, I believe. So it is currently yeah. uh, a progressive web, web app. So okay. it's fishchips.com. Uh, you can, I don't know if you know how to make something look like an app on your home screen. Mm -hmm. You can, you can hit share and add to home screen. So it comes up uh, just like an app. My look, solid iPhone okay. right here. I'm touching my screen. Your wife just shoot a chicken. Uh, there's definitely a gunshot, but that's because we live in the woods. So yeah, we're yeah. good. <laughs> So, but uh, anyways, there's a, there's a way to make it look like a pop-up app right there by just hitting add to home screen. Awesome. But, and, then, uh, and you can follow at get fish tips on yep. everything, right? At, on Instagram, TikTok. We have a YouTube channel. We're about to start utilizing that for it as an educational platform for our sellers okay. uh, and, and some marketing content just overall. But yeah, man, we're in the infancy stage of this. There's a lot of great data and metrics around it. And like I said, I mean, I think Adam and I and our other co-founder, Cal, we, we really feel like this can change the world for, for in a positive way. And that's why we're doing it. So that's awesome. Uh, any, any other plugs you want to throw? I mean, I'm, I'm perfectly good. If you want to talk about your guide business, you know, your store, anything yeah, so that you want to, you want to throw dream, out there, Adam? Yeah. Dream, dreamcatchersfishing.com is our, is our online tackle store. Dreamcatcher guides is my guide business. Uh, we're running trips. We got the boys running two trips tomorrow. Dad's doing two installs on boats and I'll be cold calling uh, saltwater and inshore guides, telling them we have this awesome platform for them to uh, make secondary revenue, but it's Dreamcatchers on the YouTube channel. Um, and then, yeah, so that's Dreamcatchers. Awesome. Yeah. And we got a, we got a booth at iCast coming up in yeah. a couple of weeks. So we'll, we can set up meetings or see anybody Super there as well exciting. and do demos of the platform. Yeah. And other than that, I really appreciate you having us on here. Thank you all for your time. Absolutely. And anybody that, that's coming to iCast and wants to schedule with you, how can they, what's the best way to contact you through social medias or. Yeah. Reach out to Austin. Austin. Okay. Yeah. Austin. Yep. Austin at fishtips.com. They can email me directly and get on our docket and sit down and talk. And I'll have this linked uh, link below. I'll put all their socials in there. All those links will be in the description of the video uh, or the audio, depending on how you, you take in our content. Uh, the, these folks have created a platform. They're living what we talk about all the time. We want to build a culture of anglers helping anglers one cast at a time. That's right. That's a good one. That's a good one. Oh, God, it's a toad, son. It's a f***ing toad, dude. Let's go. I wake up to a little bit of drool on my pillow. feel like it's going to be a bad day.